Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Today's episode has been sponsored by Jay McLaughlin. Jay McLaughlin is a timeless lifestyle brand with incredible style and a spirit of connection. I am obsessed with Jay McLaughlin and have been so honored that they are sponsoring my Zibbyverse tour. It just so happens that the tour goes to so many communities and areas of the country that have Jay McLaughlin stores. And I love that the brand is philanthropic through Jay McLaughlin's local and loyal programming host store events to give back to organizations that are meaningful to Jay McLaughlin's local communities. I also love the fact that the clothes are just so chic. They make me feel polished and modern. And the best part is that most of the line comes in fabrics that don't wrinkle. I especially love the dresses, the cashmere sweaters, the other sweaters. You'll see them all over my Instagram. I typically tag at Jay McLaughlin. And so you can check it out. It is absolutely one of my favorite brands and I am over the moon excited to be working with them. In fact, I want to share the love with all of you. Jay McLaughlin is giving 20% off new customers and listeners of my podcast with special code ZIBBY20, capital Z-I-B-B-Y 20. That's 20% off for new customers and listeners of the podcast with special code capital Z Zibby 20. Take advantage of it today. My favorites are this white open long cashmere sweater that I've been wearing on every flight that I've taken on this tour. I have a blue with light blue horizontal striped sweater, several dresses I even wore on Corny America. Check it out. Jay McLaughlin. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, the creator and host of the award-winning podcast that you're listening to right now, thank you so much, called Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. It is a daily podcast, 365 days a year, and each day we talk to an author about all of the things related to their career, their book, their life, and more in 30 minutes or less, because who has time? I am now an author myself, although I wasn't when I started this podcast, and you can get my new memoir, Bookends, a memoir of love, loss, and literature, wherever books are sold starting July 1st, and my children's book, Princess Charming. You can learn more about me at zibbyowens.com, but really, you're here to learn more about the authors, and that is what we're going to do. Also, be sure to check out all the other podcasts in the Zcast Podcast Network. You can learn more at zcastnetwork.com. Dot com and definitely check out those shows as well. Rob Delaney is the author of the memoir, A Heart That Works, which is now a New York Times bestseller. 
Rob is a comedian, actor, writer, and the author of a previous memoir, Rob Delaney, Mother, Wife, Sister, Human, Warrior, Falcon, Yardstick, Turban, Cabbage. He's widely known as the BAFTA-winning co-creator and co-star of the critically acclaimed Amazon Prime comedy, Catastrophe. Welcome, Rob. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss your absolutely beautiful memoir, A Heart That Works. Thank you so much for having me, Zibby. Your story is so unbelievably moving, beautiful, angry, raw, open, loving. It had like all the things that you look for in a story. And I'm sorry you had to live it, but as a book, it was the most moving, transformative experience. So well done on that front. Thank Um, you. Can you tell listeners a little about your story and and why you decided to write it? Yeah, sure. So um, my wife and I had two boys, a little less than two years apart in age. And we were enjoying that so much that we decided to have a third kid. Also turned out to also be a boy. He was born a little more than two years after the first one. So we had a bunch of little boys running around the place. And... um, a little before Henry, our third, turned one, he got quite sick, and we didn't know what it was. It took a while to figure out, and it turned out to be a brain tumor uh, right next to his brain stem. And they took the tumor out, which created some pretty significant disabilities uh, for him. And then he had chemo and was in the hospital for 14 months. Then he came home and then the cancer returned. And at that point they couldn't do anything and he died uh, a little bit before he turned three. So the book is about the before, during and after of that, uh, what that was like, what it felt like. And, and that's it. You know, in, in writing the book, people have said things like they felt things like hope or uh, (laughs) faith and that's not why I wrote the book. I, it's up to the reader how they feel. There's no prescriptions in it. There's no, this is how you survive this. I just wanted to show people what it was like. And, and that's what I tried to do. Wow. Well, you absolutely showed people what it was like. I'm so sorry for your loss. It, Thank you. It's horrific. The whole thing. I really feel the way you wrote it, we all like could live it's through anyone who has not experienced this will feel so viscerally what you felt in the way that you wrote it. In fact, I've referenced several times because as I mentioned, I read this when the galley first came to me. I've read yeah. referenced it several times, your passage about why you decided to write it and and why you even ask yourself in the writing why you wrote it. So I was wondering, can I just mm-hmm. read this? What can I read this paragraph? You wrote this really awful, just disturbing not awful and disturbing, awful for you and disturbing paragraph about what happens once your child has, has died. And then you said, you said, why do I feel compelled to talk about it, to write about it, to disseminate information designed to make people feel something like what I feel, what my wife feels, what my other sons feel done properly. It will hurt them. Why do I want to hurt people? And I do. Did my son's death turn me into a monster? That's certainly possible. It doesn't sanctify you. Things get broken. Maybe it's because I write and perform for a living that I can't help but try to share or communicate the biggest, most seismic event that has happened to me. The truth is, despite the death of my son, I still love people. And I genuinely believe, whether it's true or not, that if people felt a fraction of what my family felt and still feels, they would know what this life and this world are really about. Mm. So beautiful. 
Well, you thank you. I mean, and yeah, that's a pretty good thesis for the book, I think. And I just didn't want to, I, I figured the kindest thing that I could do rooted in love would be to tell people how horrible it was and what it did to us. I really felt it seemed false to me when people, or if not false, not helpful, if somebody tells you years after a tragedy, you know, things like, you know, but the sun still came up and, you know, we worked through it. And I didn't like things that told you that. I'd rather be shown it. I'd rather notice it myself in seeing a bereaved parent or sibling or somebody who lost their spouse when they're in the early blush of romance and love and with young kids or something, you know, the really awful ones. I'd rather have that person tell me about what they went through honestly, observe them, you know, through the telescope of of a, of a well-written book if possible and see like, yeah, maybe they are okay, you know, and like wonder, are they, you know, have that, have it be a more intimate, you know, let the reader decide if I'm all right or not. I, if I, what, there's no value in me telling you that, you know what I mean? It's better for you to maybe see it or not, you know, but then, then I've done my job of showing you something you never wanted to see but hopefully helping people understand it better, you know? Well, otherwise, I mean, you can't, people can't possibly feel what they don't know. And, yeah. and, then, and then they do you a disservice by asking overly simplistic questions that aren't helpful yeah. to you too, right? Yeah. How are you? How are you feeling? Yeah. I think that's a fine question. How are you? If you're prepared for the answer and the mm -hmm. person can take a deep breath and really tell you. So that's fine. How are you? Is not a stupid question in my opinion. But, uh, you know, my wife and I would be, frustrated to the point of desperation when we could tell that people were like, aren't they over it by now? Or like, it would be convenient for me if they were over it, you know, if I didn't have to think about that. And so yeah. the, you know, part of the book really comes from that being going through stuff like that, you know? And you didn't just have to cope with the having two other boys and a sick child for a while. And then you also lost your brother-in-law to suicide, which was yeah. a horrific part of the book also. Can you talk about yeah. that? So while Henry was in the hospital getting chemo, my young, beautiful, uh, vivacious brother-in-law died by suicide. He was felled by depression and it was really, really awful. So months before Henry died, my my brother-in-law died. And, you know, he had a two-year-old daughter with my sister, who's my only sibling. You know, so my sister and I were united in this horrible kind of tandem grief, you know. And not, you know, it wasn't like one of our elderly parents had died. I don't, you know, we'd like our parents to live forever, but that's not going to happen. You know, or a grandparent or a coworker that we had lunch with a couple times a week. It was big, devastating deaths. So I spoke to my sister on the phone this morning when she was on her way to work and we had a nice talk. We always do. So we're very, we're able to help each other in, in a really beautiful way. 
it's crazy that that happened to both of us at essentially the same time, but we love each other very much and have been able to help each other a lot. So there's certainly beauty in our relationship and pain. Wow. That's great. You have, it's great. You have each other, but. Oh, big time. Perhaps not in this way. <laughs> yeah, I know. You know, I feel like at times you were hard on yourself in the book for yeah. how you were disappointing others. There's uh, a passage about you're being a bad husband. Can I read another paragraph? Is that okay? Please. Yeah, I love to hear about that. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you how bad a husband you are. Let me just remind you. Sure. You said, I really, really don't like seeing this written down. I was a bad husband and a very, very good cog in the TV machine. To explain, I can only offer that I recognize this was my shot at age 37 to solidly break into the biz, and I falsely assume that to do so, I should or could hit pause on my family responsibilities. I'd I'd like to invite any and all readers to slap themselves at this point on my behalf, to underline with a physical sensation that one cannot hit pause on family responsibilities. It cannot be done without inflicting genuine damage. And genuine damage I did inflict all while pretending to play a loving, attentive partner and dad on a TV show that would be advertised on buses that would drive by and splash my wife, who'd be pushing a double stroller while pregnant to go buy diapers and toilet paper for me and my children to use as part of our respective shitting processes. I luxuriate (laughs) in shame. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did a TV show for four seasons called Catastrophe. And the first two seasons of that show, I was a major workaholic. And I feel like, you know, I'm imagining, it's not up to me, but I feel like the casual reader will be like, well, yeah, I get it. You know, you you get your chance to get a TV show that you write and produce on the air. You got to work your ass off, you know? And, And I did, but I did it at a time when I had, my wife had very kindly and generously agreed to move to another country where the sun sets at around 2 p.m. Uh, <laughs> throughout the winter. And we didn't know anybody. She had a three-year-old and a one-year-old and was pregnant. And uh, then I was like, see ya. Uh, I got work to do. And and so it, again, you know, my I think one can examine my behavior during that time and, and understand it, but it did hurt her and it did damage our relationship. And I talk about that in the book. And uh, after we made the first two seasons of Catastrophe in rapid succession, with no break in between, my wife said that she would divorce me if I continued to work in the same manner. And I said, oh, okay. Uh, Well, I don't want that. I want to be married to you Uh, and remain married to you. So yeah, I will change how I operate. And and so she kind of shocked me into learning how to work smarter rather than harder. And uh, I you kind of took my hands off a lot of other aspects of the show and just worried about the scripts with my writing partner, Sharon Horgan. And, um, you know, I didn't at that point, I didn't I was like, you know what, I'll let the wardrobe department worry about the wardrobe and, uh, you know, location scouting. Yeah, I'll let the location scout do that. And so. That was great. That was an amazing lesson for me because I realized like, oh, I don't even care about the other stuff. I just thought I had to do it all. And I didn't. And and it's funny because I like the third and fourth seasons of the show best. You know, the <laughs> ones where I let everybody just do their job. So then, but not long, I mean, not long at all after making 
uh, beginning to implement those changes, Henry got sick. So I sort of had the double whammy of um, my wife, whom I love desperately, saying it's time for a change, you know, with an ultimatum. And then my son getting sick and then dying, it made me very much change the way that I look at my career and want my career to serve my life and my family and not vice versa. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. And how, is that how you feel now? The way you, yeah, more Big so, time. less so, same? Big time. Yeah. I did a, a TV show recently with Vince Vaughn, and um, he would play a game where he would try to imagine jobs that um, I would accept, you know, because we were talking about my criteria for jobs now, which is like, if it shoots near my house, I'll do garbage. <laughs> if it's far away... I probably won't do it unless it's really, they can really, you know, shoot me efficiently and it's a short thing. So he was like, all right, okay, here's the job offer. You're going to play a pedophile. And I was like, I'm listening. He's like, whoa, <laughs> you're not. I'm like, hey, if it shoots near my house, I mean, I'll do it. I'll do a franchise about pedophiles, <laughs> you know, but uh, yeah, I, so time is more important to me now than career status or money because I know that people's lives are finite. You know, my son lived for two years and nine months. So it's not lip service. We all understand that, you know, we could write it down on a piece of paper. I won't live forever and neither will my kids. Nor, I mean, even in the best case scenario, they won't be children forever. You know, they'll become adults. One hopes. One of mine didn't. And so now my understanding of, of the value of time has changed very dramatically. So now I like to do one thing well at a time. I don't have to do 10 things at once. And I'm, I am happier uh, due to that. Wow. So is there any other way where you, I know you desperately want people to feel what you felt and mm-hmm. hear it and experience it and try to internalize. And I think, you know, I read, I'm a huge reader of memoir. I read memoirs all the time and I have gone through a lot of loss myself. What is it okay. about trying to 
let people know this sort of compulsion to like shake people up and be like, wait, 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 you're like going through life and you don't realize that these bad things can happen. Like I have to show you, like, what is it? And do you think it works? Like, do you think people can adequately get it until they've experienced something horrific? So the short answer is no, of course you can. And that's okay. They're not deficient. My book isn't like deficient at not being able to make people understand it bone deep and then carry it with them. So it's okay that my book won't change lives. It's okay that somebody can't jump into the skin of another, you know, but we can sort of open our hearts to take a better look and remove some barriers of, of behaviors that don't serve us and, and understand. For example, you know, if I tell you something uh, that, that I'm having a hard time with and you bat it away, then I'm a little wounded. I'm going to be less open with others. If I tell you that and you're like, okay, God, that's got to be difficult, you know? Wow, really? Don't envy that. Christ, that's got to be, you know, and you don't even have a solution, you know, but you just let it land. Then great. I've said that. It kind of a problem shared is a problem halved, you know, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. like a proverb. And that's not, you know, <laughs> there's, there's no new ideas in my book, but then I have a better day and you've done me a favor. So you feel good, you know? So just let people feel what they feel. You don't have to fix them. You can't maybe, maybe, take a little humility there and realize, you know, like, well, what can I say to fix them? I'm sure if I thought of the right thing in my amazing toolkit, I'm sure I could fix them with some words. You know, that's crazy. <laughs> well, it's like when anyone's upset, it's just being standing by their side, yeah. giving the hugs that they needed. Exactly. Do you feel like you've read books that have made you feel this deeply or when you were writing your book, did you look to other books and think like, okay, I want to do it like this person? Or did you For just sure. say like, I'm just going to do it and let's see what happens? Yeah. I mean, I um, uh, name books in my book that were very helpful to me with grief. Frankenstein is probably first and foremost. That's a very special book written by you know a once in a century genius, Mary Shelley, and who understood grief better than even I do. And, um, that's, so that's a very, Joan Didion too. Joan Didion. Yeah. Nicholas Streeton wrote a graphic novel called Billy, me and you about the death of her two-year-old son. And that book is gorgeous. That's the kind of, I like, I would like duct tape that to myself if I couldn't, I don't know, (laughs) if I were wandering through the forest and was like, I'd really love to talk to somebody about, you know, (laughs) my son and I couldn't, then I would just tape the book to myself and I'd feel better. The End of the Affair by Graham Greene is a very special book about really the miracle of love and the depth of what we learn when we lose someone and the pain and the fury. It's such a deliciously angry book that that helps more than somebody being like, I don't know, giving you some chamomile tea bullshit, you know, quote or whatever. So yeah, those are some great examples of book that, books that helped me a lot that I, I readily recommend. Amazing. Yeah, the Year of Magical Thinking was amazing. I know you talked about that yeah. uh, towards the end. Of course, you're so funny. You're like, 
I mean, you, you have you have a sense of humor about everything, even when it's like horrific. So, which is which is great. Tell me about how all the ways you're giving back now as a result, and how you're donating the proceeds and the charities you support, and all of that. Oh yeah, I so any money I make from this book is I'm giving it to hospices for kids, and I've already given a bunch as it comes in. I just give it to them because the. Uh, well, first of all, I wouldn't want to make any money from a book about my son who died. I wouldn't want to drive around in that like car that was bought with that money. That would feel disgusting. And so giving the money to kids' hospices, because it's crazy how far a dollar can go in a hospice. You know, like let's say literally a hundred dollars. I'm not saying don't give money to cancer research. Do do your money, do what you want with it. But uh it, it's not likely that it'll be that hundred dollars that cures cancer. Whereas a hundred dollars given to a kid's hospice is going to pay for hours of like a music therapist to come to a hospital and make a kid who is dying laugh, smile and dance in their parents' arms, you know? So it's, so I want to help people who aren't, who can't, who aren't going to survive. I want to help kids who are dying enjoy their final days, months, weeks, because we benefited from kids' hospices. And so far in my 45 years of life, I just haven't seen, I guess I have a sort of cavalier attitude about money. You know, so many people misuse it so catastrophically and, I mean, use it to (laughs) enslave people and really do disgusting things with it. And so I just hadn't seen just money used in a way that was so instantly effective. So I thought if this book is going to make any money, I'm going to give it to people who can take it and run with it and effectively, substantively change children's lives and their families' lives. And then those kids are going to die anyway. You know what I mean? So yeah, I want to help the people who medicine can't help. So beautiful. My goodness. Okay. I just, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry this happened. I loved your book so much. And thank you. Thank you for sharing it with the world. My pleasure, Zibi. Thanks. Okay. Take care. Thank you. Okay. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibi Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.